Yo, listen up. I've got an incredible event coming up in Bandera, Texas, Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th at Sovereignty Ranch. It's called Confluence, and it takes place during the Ring of Fire eclipse. This eclipse carries the frequency of love, harmony, connection, and balance. And let me tell you, when we all join together in community under this eclipse, we create the foundation for a massive shift. So come hang out. I'll be live podcasting with some other amazing speakers and friends like Kelly Brogan, Andrew Kaufman, Mickey Willis, Alex Zek, Amanda Vollmer, and Shiva Rose, amongst many others. So come get down with us as we shatter the illusion of authority, learn the true energetics of regenerative food, harness the healing power of holistic remedies, foundational skills, and of course, high vibes. Get your tickets and more info at confluence2023.com. And use the code STORY10 for 10% off the entry fee. And this discount is for tickets only, so it excludes glamping, camping, food packages, and so on. Again, that's confluence2023.com. And again, the date is Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th. I'll see you there. Here we go again, dude. Yeah, man. Last time we chatted was uh, in 2018, which the way my brain works, that seems like, oh, that was like two years ago. That was many years ago now at this man. point. Pre-fire. Yeah. And for those listening, we're going to put the show notes today at lukestory.com slash Darren, D-A-R-I-N. And we will link episode 168, which was called Confessions of the World's Top Superfood Hunter at the time. That was a great episode because we talked about all your adventures and you were kind of an OG in the superfood space. Well, not kind of. You were an OG in the superfood space. So that was a fun episode talking about all your finding the Baruca nuts in Brazil and just all the obscure edibles that you've located around the world. So I encourage people to go check that out. Uh, let's start out telling us about uh, your new book, Fatal Conveniences. Yeah, man. Um, it was heavy lift. Um, but I know you're in tune with a lot of these things, but, but fatal conveniences essentially is the looking back at the things we're doing in our modern day world and asking some questions within them. And a lot of that looks like what kind of deodorant are you using? What kind of shampoo are you using? What kind of, how are you using your phone? Uh, what is that Wi-Fi doing? Uh, uh, what kind of clothes are you wearing? What kind of underwear do you have on? What kind of perfume or cologne or fragrances in some of your things? What kind of food are you eating? Where did that come from? All of these things that people that are not as dedicated as you or maybe even some of your listeners have some awareness of this stuff, I really wanted to unpack these invisible not seen, not smelled, even like the tobacco and the tobacco industry and that whole thing. This invisible world that for me, you know, superfoods, living a great life, exercise, breathing, sleeping, hydration, all of this stuff. But this invisible elephant in the room of our modern day world was screaming at me. It was screaming at me for many reasons. 30 years ago, my father um, developed multiple chemical sensitivity. So I'm in college studying physiology, nutrition. I basically get this call from my dad saying, hey, uh, uh, 
if you come home this weekend, which I was an hour and a half away, I need you to wear unscented products. Because what I'm discovering is that I smell chemical things and it brain fogs me. It doesn't allow me to think. Um, it shuts me down. And, uh, and that's, we'll come to find out, which I'll explain, is a dangerous position for my alcoholic father to be in. Right? So <clears throat> I didn't really believe him at the time. I've never heard of it. I've known my dad all my life, clearly. And then all of a sudden, I'm 20 years old and my dad's telling me he smells things that makes him his brain shut off, right? Your, your axe body spray or whatever. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I would have told you the same thing. Through a car. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> Totally. totally. Dude, you just reminded me of something back when I when I worked in Hollywood in the fashion industry. Um, you know, I'd have to obviously go to all these clothing stores and at the Grove they had one of those I think it was Abercrombie and Fitch stores and like I think they pumped like just totally toxic cologne through the entire uh air system. Did, did you ever walk in there? I mean, it was un. I mean, a lot of stores smell like perfume, but this store was, oh. it was like part of the brand. You know, oh. that you walk in there and just. I was already chemical free for years, and I used to go in there, and it was just like a brick wall hitting me. You yeah. Know? yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Watch, I was shocked here, just because we're Ubering around to all of our appointments. We couldn't find an Uber that didn't have a huge the black ice air, <laughs> like to uh. the point where I, a seven minute ride. The first time I just stuck my head out the window. But having a longer ride, we just keep canceling the, the rides until someone came out and they didn't have these chemicals in, their, in the air because it, it's abusive. So, <clears throat> so cut to my dad as a, as a college professor went into the mode of educating before the internet Right, so he's finding articles, he's making copies, he's highlighting, he's giving it to all of us in the family, he's giving it to his colleagues, he's giving it to his students, if they're going to come and be around him, he's making VHS tapes, he's sending us all this stuff, and then he's sending us care packages of chemical-free laundry detergent, shampoos, conditioners, body wash, all of this stuff. So that was my first. Feeling. And so then when I did it, because if I was going to go home to see him, I'd have to do this or else he couldn't be around me. So I did it. Come to realize that I didn't know I was being affected by it. But having broke the bonds of the chemicals that I was also just naturally using, I was feeling better. So the, the, the mere fact of following the protocol of that my dad had to have to be around him, uh, I then go, this is crazy. The fact that all of the, and this was, dude, 30 years ago, right? So then I started to go, wow, this is a chemical cocktail. And then I, I stopped using uh, weird fragrances then and everything else. And my, my dad couldn't even wear a shirt that had print on it because it would off-gas formaldehydes and dyes and azo dyes and all of this stuff. So it was gnarly, right? That world consisted for, continued for him and he 
had to be a forced retirement because he couldn't be around people anymore because they couldn't <laughs> detox themselves. So that led him to depression. He picked up alcohol again and uh, that killed him. Wow. So Damn. spiral, I saw firsthand the spiral because what happened is, and you'd appreciate this, he started working with doctors and because his brain fog and he wasn't, he was a highly functioning person, he wasn't able to think. And so someone started giving him Ritalin. And so then he never had any foreign substances since he got sober 30 years ago. So then he started playing off of that Ritalin felt pretty good. Then he started playing a couple of doctors off of each other, manipulating them, getting more Ritalin. And think about that, right? Yeah. He's 60 years old. And now, boom, addiction kicks in. He picks up alcohol for the first time since he broke sobriety in his life, right? Got sober when I was four. And he couldn't get his shit together. So that, that killed him. He just dropped dead and alcohol was the cause, direct cause. So this book, so I'm running around. I like a healthy life like you. I've dedicated my life to it this giant modern day elephant in the room of chemicals and untested products and plausible deniabilities of companies is screaming at me. And I didn't want to write it, but I was compelled to write it. And then the legacy of watching this man that I loved so much suffer and ultimately the spiral of uh, his demise, I just knew I had to. And, and how can I do it in a way that maybe can bridge a gap of people that have no idea that there's these agencies, these three-letter words of FDA and NIH and WHO and EPA and FCC and USDA and you name it, that there isn't some magical group of angels that are protecting you that have tested these products for legit safety. And so I saw it as this playbook of like, wow, they don't know that these aluminum salts are in their favorite deodorant. They don't know that 50% of our population now is being infected by PFAS in our tap water, not to mention all of the other things in the tap water, which you've covered many times before. They don't know that we're virtually wearing clothes that are might as well be a water bottle of plastic, right? That are is a n number two polluter of this planet of discarded rayon, polyurethane, spandex, elastane clothing that is on your genitals that you're sweating in, working out in, performing in, uh, and so then this world of then biohacking, I'm seeing like, hey, we're running around trying to improve our lives. But you also have to get rid of the things that are undermining testosterone, estrogen, domination, right? Lowering sperm, lowering our ability, the fabric 
of our humanity is being pulled. The countdown has started, right? The, the motility is going away for men. The yeah. ability to get pregnant, endometriosis, all, like all of this stuff. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I know. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, two things come to mind about that. And, and later on in this conversation, uh, I actually want to get into breaking down a bunch of these things. Because... Sure. You know, on this show over the years, I've mentioned something just in passing with people about uh, Teflon or something, right? And, and then I just think, well, everyone knows that. But then I go stay in an Airbnb and I open the, you know, the cabinet to get pots and pans out and they're all still nonstick Teflon. I'm like, oh shit, I live in this bubble where, you know, similar to you, 25, 30 years, I've been kind of just fortifying myself and my house and my family against all this stuff and just uh, naively thought that everyone else already knew this too, but they don't. So it's important work. But um, so I want to later we'll get into kind of just breaking down a bunch of your greatest hits because <laughs> I love, you know, on your social media and your podcast, um, you'll just niche down on one thing and then give solutions for it, which is really important. But two points. Uh, one is that when I stopped using fragrances and chemicals and all that stuff, um, and even, you know, just putting a shower filter on my shower in LA, I noticed very quickly that I became extremely, I became chemically sensitive because my body kind of, you know, got used to not having it around to the point all these years later, um, God bless them, but we have some neighbors that I think they're drier faces our yard. And so I'll be out in the backyard and it's always when I'm in the ice bath and I'm taking deep breaths, you know, trying to chill, literally. And then they'll have their dryer on and I smell their downy shit, like just chem trailing me in my ice bath and I'm just like how do I have that conversation with a neighbor you know it's like none of my business is their yard their they can do whatever but it's like wafting over into our our crib um so that's that's the first thing and the other thing I just learned recently I've known it's not great to wear plastic as underwear you know um but I've been wearing these like EMF shielding underwear from Lambs for a long time um and I don't, they probably have some stretchy material in them, but I was like, ah, it's better to not fry your nuts with EMF, get a little plastic. But then I learned the other day, and I don't know if this is true, but I've read it somewhere on, you know, the internet that in terms of sperm count, because we're really wanting to get pregnant, that synthetic underwear on men, it's not just the, um, endocrine disruptors of that stuff, you know, going into your pores, right? A plastic oil basically getting in, but that there's a friction that's created by um, those artificial fabrics that creates a static electricity that stops you from producing sperm. And I'm just like, Jesus, man, as if like just the plastic being on your skin wasn't bad enough. It has a secondary, apparently a secondary, you know, consequence of the static electricity you know, irritating your, your nads. So I'm just like, geez, man. Um, so that, that leads me into the next question to get your thoughts on. And I always struggle with this because I'm such an advocate for things like EMF awareness. And as you mentioned, um, you know, having the availability of purified water and, you know, just the fundamental stuff, um, air purifiers in your house and all the things. Where do you draw the line between you know, having an awareness in your own life and being an advocate to share that awareness with the world for those who want to listen and the downside of the paranoia and the um, hypervigilance of 
trying to live in a bubble. You know, this is something I always kind of am straddling and trying to find balance within myself. Like, when do you just kind of say, you know what, there's so many things out of my control, I'm just going to live my life. But if you do that and just don't, don't protect yourself at all, you're inevitably going to get sick, right? But you can also get sick from being paranoid and going orthorexic and, you know, freaking out about seed oils and all the things that there are to freak out about. So... How, how do you, what's your emotional position on you know sharing this information, learning this information, but also not contracting into a limbic system, fear-based life that can also make one sick? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's certainly an individual monkey mind scenario, right? Where you're watching your own thoughts because one of the greatest fatal conveniences if i were to call it that is is the unleashing of the mind chatter running your life and causing you all kinds of stress so i agree because you can easily look at this stuff and have an anxiety attack based on all of the stuff that i uncover in this book i look of it look at as you know if anyone's listening, especially your podcast, they're listening for information to apply, to integrate, so that they come, become, they take knowledge and they apply it and they become more wise. And then when you get to, to integrate that wisdom, you now are in another hilltop, another perspective, another opportunity, another possibility. You opened a door, you took action, you walked through the door and the whole world changes. Right. So I look at all of that as that. If you're a constitution where you can just add on all of these things and make it stressful, oh, the world is blowing up and hurricanes and fires and all of this stuff, and we're all doomed. That's an individual constitution that needs to be uh, nurtured in a different way. If you're that constitution, I would say, Look at my book as a guide, open it up, point to a page and just learn something and then apply the solution and then just kind of start there. Just like anything, choices added up over time will help or hurt you, right? So the whole idea, I get this all the time as I'm sure you do. I just want to live my life. Okay. I'm... I'm going to keep moving. Is that okay? You know what I mean? Just some, I've got, if, if people want to change, they're going to change. If they don't want to change, fine. You know, we learned a lot about that in the last few years. Like you're not going to convince anybody. You can spend a lot of energy doing that. So my, my idea and my, really my, my agency for wanting to do this is give information and from my point of view, I am not interested in changing somebody at all. So I want to give the information. And if someone's ready to change from a glide, dental floss, PFOS, uh, you know, Teflon derivative between your teeth, and you don't want to give that up, and you don't care that it's linked to kidney cancer, Okay, you've taken that knowledge. You've made your own choice. All good. Or you're another person who says, hey, 
there's actually a great bamboo charcoal uh, dental floss that you can just run under the water, which I do, and it basically slides just as easy. And it's not plastic, and it's not PFOS. So now you've created, you've done two things. You have eliminated toxins, and you've up-leveled and had a great product having antimicrobial, antibacterial benefits to you. So I look at all of these changes as we think they're linear, that they're not linear. The side effect of divorcing nature, betting on all the 60 to 80,000 chemicals that are created every year, blasted in our products, those are the same things as the pharmaceutical ads. They have side effects. And those side effects continue to grow. So if you don't want to give up your deodorant that you're so used to smelling and they're aluminum salts and it's connected to cancer, breast cancer, Alzheimer's. It's all in you. I'm here to provide information. Do with it what you want. Sometimes it's a seed and it grows later, right? And, and from that, that's what I ultimately want. And, but I, as anything, when you know this, when you are willing to change, everyone believes, first off, that I'm pretty good. Life's okay. I've got my stressors. I'm pretty good. Usually people will say, no matter what their economic status, they'll say, I'm out of one to 10, I'm a seven or eight. I'm pretty good. That person could be suffering. They could gotten used to a fragrance. They've gotten used to their back pain, but they eh, pretty good. But when you take an action based on knowledge and apply it, you've seen this. Oh my God, I had no idea. I could feel this good. You've now changed your set. You've changed it forever different. The fatal flaw and the benefit of being human is we get used to anything. We freaking can get used to anything, which also helps us thrive. So if people are hearing anything that we'll talk about or see in the book or anything that you share and they're willing to apply it, which is I would imagine most of your listeners are coming to listen to something going, Oh, wow, I never thought about that. Uh, it's such a good interview. I'm glad Luke talked about that, just like we were talking about. The, the, the wind at your sail gives you energy when you know that you've affected somebody. Not everybody listening is going to listen to the, even this conversation and apply everything we're talking about. They're, gonna, they're listening right now. And they're going to blow <laughs> off that, that dental floss comment and they're not even going to change it. Yeah. Even yeah. in spite, and I'm not making this stuff, it's in the research. Yeah. I had 20 researchers on this damn book. I should have had 20 AIs. Wow. I would have had it. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Two and a half years, man. Damn. Because spent, I spent a year trying to chain, train the researchers to understand the kind of the breakdown and to also dig because obviously yeah. with the algorithms, you can't get all the research. Yeah. <laughs> Try you, just you, you cannot find it. I don't even bother trying to Google things. It's right. like, is such and such safe? I right. mean, you just get bombarded with propaganda and misinformation. You know you what know? was great? So you really about, do have to dig. You do. And what was great is when you'd find a good book, you'd find a good article, and then follow the trail 
of those cited materials. And you're going, why did that not show up when I did a Google search? It's talking exactly what I was looking for. And like the history of electrification, like, holy shit, I didn't know that. The, the birds' migratory patterns were being thwarted and changed when we were putting up the electrification of the United States. Like, that's important information that no one's ever told me before. Why is leukemia connected to, to electri- electrified power poles? And this is not even talking about 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G. It's like, this is just electrification. This yeah. is magnetic fields and frequencies that are just a part of us throwing electrons uh, connected to, to, to wires. So, so looking at the history of some of the stuff is so fascinating to then create a construct that wasn't told to us. So you have to dig and unpack and unplug and and look at this differently to then try to reassemble some sort of understanding to almost an impossible history to try to understand how the hell did we get from an innocent I'm going to just use the dental floss again. I'm going to beat the shit out of this <laughs> dental floss idea. But how did we get from an innocent, great idea? Get stuff caught between your teeth. It's common sense. Like, get it out. It's going to sit there and rot, and create halitosis and all this stuff. Like, yeah, it makes sense. But when we took the left turn and we allowed DuPont to create a chemical using fluorine gas and bind it, to plastic because it's not string it's not paper it's not from a tree it's plastic and then bind this fluorine gas to this and then put it in our mouth knowing someone knew it was connected to all kinds of endocrine disruption kidney cancer freaking high cholesterol (laughs) diabetes like all crazy shit and it's a forever chemical so that's also doesn't leave and we have horrible examples of the shit we did already with forever chemicals pcbs well guess what it's still in people's blood today ddt we got rid of in 1972 it's in the there was a study that showed adolescent girls today 2019 94.6 of the girls had ddt in their blood today wow that's what we're doing. And so when we're binding PFOS, making wrinkle-free shirts, stain-resistant shirts, stain-resistant carpets, uh, non, you can't wipe off the makeup. Like all of these things have PFOS in it. And then, oh, by the way, we don't want our food to stick to our takeaway so let's throw PFAS on that too and let it interact with our hot food. We've now playing again with a forever chemical that until we have a pushback of population, we're just going to let it ride. So we're going to let this created fluorine gas, the, grand, the grandfather being Teflon, which you mentioned as the, the great nonstick heat resistant <laughs> that's one of the worst offenders because not only you know do your pots and pans chip and age and it gets in your food but i'm sure you know about teflon flu <laughs> it's an illness from breathing the the gases from heating it up as you stand yeah. there and cook i mean yeah. it's just like that's what i'm saying you know there's a certain point 
at which all of this just gets, I mean, even for me, and I'm super <laughs> into it, it's just like, oh my God. Right. But um, to, to something you mentioned earlier, you know, it's, it's, it's death by a thousand cuts, right? Because yes. it's all of these tiny insults over the course of our life. And then we wonder why we get cancer, diabetes, et cetera, and yeah. go on all these pharmaceuticals. But what, what I find encouraging and what's worked for me is just over the you know, 25, 30 years that I've learned about some of these things is I've just made actually very minute changes yeah. along the way. And I think when people first get into this, it's very overwhelming because like, the, you know, we're going to go through this list in a minute. And you already covered some of them. People are just like, well, fuck it. I mean, I guess I can't even live because I'm going to have to change everything in my whole life in order to avoid uh, early demise or chronic illness. But what I've done is just slowly over time habituate myself to just there's choice a and there's choice b choice a sucks choice b is in some cases better at the best case scenario it's optimal right, right. it's actually really good for you like flossing with essential oils and bamboo or whatever right? right so some people come to me and they're like oh you have such an extreme lifestyle you're so controlling you got to do all this shit all the bedrooms are emf shielded i mean this house is like a healing center but I didn't do it all at once. It would be right. too overwhelming. I just, you know, I learned something and then I just replaced that one thing with something better. And then next thing you know, you know, the life I have now, there are very few things in my home uh, or in my habits of day-to-day uh, -day eating and drinking, et cetera, that are harmful. But I don't sit around worrying about it or think about it. I've just eliminated the bad things and added the good things. And I was telling Allison this yesterday too, because, you know, there's people getting you know life-threatening diseases all the time you know everyone knows someone that has something really gnarly going on i still have minor health problems that come up uh now i just was dealing with um, some kind of uh, marcon's infection in my sinuses and you know just randomly i'll go through a little micro challenge and i'm like if i'm having problems you know and i'm like so hardcore yeah imagine how much worse off I would be if I just ignored all this shit and was like, you know what? I'm going to live my life. Yeah. I don't want to be thinking about all this stuff. I'm just going to be a standard American normie. Um, I, you know, being 52 now, I'm sure I would have many more health complications than I do. Less resiliency. It's crazy because yeah. I still have things that come up and yeah. I'm like, God damn it. I'm so healthy. Like, why am I dealing with this? Yeah tinnitus i just a few months ago i just got like this horrible taste of case of tinnitus which is why i had the headphones set so low at first i'm fine but i'm just like god man yeah. you know the world is really stacked against us let me ask you something do you ever struggle with brain fog or sometimes find it hard to focus on a task do you ever have trouble recalling names dates or where you left things well, let's face it, we all get a little brain foggy or forgetful from time to time. And let me tell you, when I hit my 50s, I definitely needed to step up my nootropics game to stay on point. And ever since I first tried this stuff called Collagenius a few years ago, I became obsessed. I immediately felt calm and focused, my mind was clear, and my ability to memorize and recall information went up significantly. No joke. Collagenius comes in a delicious chocolatey powder that you can simply mix with water, smoothie, coffee, just about anything. When I got on Collagenius, it quickly became a non-negotiable ingredient in my morning cup. One scoop transforms my coffee or smoothie into a delicious mood-boosting mocha elixir. 
The stuff is wild. Every serving of Collagenius contains the equivalent of 1.2 pounds of mushrooms, including lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps, and chaga. Now, each of those is a powerhouse in its own right, but together they make a potent blend that actually helps repair your brain. Plus, it boosts something called BDNF, which supports improved learning and memory. It also contains cacao and collagen, which provide antioxidants, mood support, improved brain function, and more. To get on board with this stuff, here's what you do. Go to newtopia.com slash lukegenius and use the code LUKE10. And seriously, if you want to upgrade your mental capacity, Collagenius is a no-brainer. See what I did there? And you can try it risk-free with Newtopia's money-back guarantee. So seriously, what are you waiting for? That's newtopia.com slash lukegenius, N-O-O-T-O-P-I-A. And again, don't forget to use that code LUKE10 to save 10%. Well, it's part of the, you know, it's the timeline of life as well it's like we we uh, we have these beings and we have these bodies and we're running or we don't have these beings some of us have more <laughs> yeah but, but uh you know it, like even i was went for a run to a park and jumped around a little bit and exercise and coming back just like winding down pull i pulled my my calf <laughs> i'm like but yeah but the thing is like the ability to respond it's also like Life is also the the now that we have is also the preparation for your tomorrow. So I always try to remind myself, nor am I perfect, but sometimes when I'm having a hard day, I try to do the right thing, even though it's sometimes harder when I'm having a hard day. Because I absolutely know at my core that I'm setting up the seat of my tomorrow that I will be sitting in as a result of my choice. And most of that is here. Watching my mind do all of that. Even the thought that you brought up that this is overwhelming means that you're not no longer here. And I'm talking about all of us that do it because we easily can. And you brought up a very important point. The moment I'm here, I can pick up this cacao. If I gave myself a choice B, I could pick up a plastic water bottle. It's not going to be found in your house, thank God, <laughs> but it could be here. Yeah. So I have a choice. Pick this beautiful ceramic ceremonial cacao created by your wife. Thank you, Allison. Or this petroleum, endocrine-disrupting, phthalate-full, plastic dead water inside. That's a choice. Is that overwhelming? No. I have, I, I'm thirsty. Make a better choice. Make a be- It doesn't have to be the best. The scenario that you're in. If you're in the airport, okay, you want to dehydrate or do you want to have some sort of hydration so pick yeah. a better water right and even like a crap water at the airport like dasani is better than drinking out of the water fountain <laughs> exactly I mean? exactly like- and now they even have even though you know aluminum can be questionable and it can can be chelating but at least they're they're moving and there's now options for smart water to be in there like 
a little thing I will do, even though it's probably doesn't do much. I will have my crystal water bottle with structuring imprint in it. And it will be empty, clearly. I buy water. I dump it in there. I add my unrefined salt and I let it sit. I do a little mojo on it and it feels better because I took an action. Whether it's perfectly changed from where it came from, at least I took an action. We just are in an A to B scenario. Every choice. So people are listening and they maybe they're eating right now. You made a choice on what your, your fork went into and what you're putting in your mouth. It, life lives that way. So I think the way you're approaching your life is, is healthy. The, the information you're giving out is important. So people just like you're sitting there right now. Are you listening to this podcast on your Bluetooth inside your cranium? That's a choice. I hope not. <laughs> or are you plugged back in? And maybe even another choice would be an air tube to eliminate all extra EMFs, which is just stress. And we can talk about those stressors that show up on, in the biology. You've just now made, you're still listening to the podcast, but you're now taking a stressful event inside your head with EMFs and you're changing it, seemingly someone looking at you going, oh, it looks like they're enjoying the podcast. But you've disconnected from a Bluetooth. You've plugged back in. And also if you're using an air tube, you've eliminated EMFs going to your head at all. Now you're receiving the Lifestylist podcast with no EMFs in your head and you're receiving more information getting excited to make your next choice that you can integrate. And it comes by way of what is the dental floss? What is the toothpaste that you're going to use? What is the aluminum? Okay, when your toothpaste is done, make another choice. That's an up-leveling of your life. Okay, you know, what off-gassing... colognes and perfumes are you putting in your home maybe not use that maybe pull it out of the thing and throw it away you know there's just all these little things that you can do but i think it's important to stay here and go don't go into overwhelm because overwhelm's a lie because it takes you out of here it takes you out of the presence and it puts you into just throw your hands up i just want to live well Luke, you and I want to live, but we have dedicated our lives to just wanting to live the best that we can. And going back to your original question or your, your, your example, even us, things happen, but we have also built up a resiliency to expand our aperture because we are healthy. We are healthier than the average person because we have dedicated ourselves to that. Not to have podcasts, not to superfood hunt, but to first to amplify our lives and to make our lives better. Hell, the place that you came from, the scraping of the bottom that you were in 
you're like, I got to go that way, right? So it's that kind of thing that every, let's not wait until we're there. Let's just build on where we're at and then continue to just go one step at a time. And everyone with children, please eliminate a lot of these exposures that are coming from toys and God forbid EMFs and clothing and throw away freaking plastic diapers and all of this and perfumes and exorbitant uh, baby powder. You just made me oh think of baby powder. The talc baby yeah. powder. Oh my God. Oh man. So anyway. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great, dude. I think, I think the takeaway <laughs> from that is, is the antidote to overwhelm as you so beautifully stated is staying in the here and now, right? Yeah. So, you know, your example of your cacao, you don't need to worry about the EMF and all the other shit out there. Like all you're doing now is just having a conversation with me and you have choice A or choice B of a, of a beverage, right? So you don't need right. to worry about it. You just choose the better of the two choices, right. choice B, and you live your best life. Right. But it's funny as you were talking about your cacao, it's like, oh, I wonder, uh, I wonder if they tested it for lead. <laughs> And I wonder what the oxalate level is. Yeah. That Sometimes even with the good stuff, later on you find out like, oh, womp, womp. There's right. potential shittiness even in the best of the best. But, yeah. uh, but that is some good ceremonial grade cacao. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you... Speaking of... What's it been like to uh, co-host your Emmy award-winning number one Netflix documentary <laughs> series, Down to Earth with Zac Efron? That's something that's been different since you and I talked, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, the, I watched a couple of them. The last one I watched was uh, you guys. I think you were in France, like going to the water treatment facilities. Like, oh, I have to watch this one yeah, and yeah. Finding Springs and stuff, yeah. which is of course Lourdes, close yeah. to my heart. Yeah. yeah. What's that process been like? Oh man, yeah. I mean that that was uh, very serendipitous from a podcast that Zach had heard, uh, Rich Roll's podcast that I was on. I don't know which one. The second one I was on at the time. He was, uh, he liked something I said and he's into health and superfoods. And so it was a mutual friend of Rich's, Connor Dwyer, an Olympian swimmer that knew Zach. And that came, Zach told him and, and Rich just says one day, he goes, you mind if I give Zach Efron your number? You know, you've probably gotten it to celebrities or athletes come to you and say, hey, uh, they want a little hack or they want to, I've had that happen several times. So you don't think much about it, right? And I'm like, okay, another person wanting the perfect superfood to change their life, <laughs> the one thing. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of didn't think about it. Months later, Zach reached out and um, he seemed very genuine and uh, him asking like, hey, I'd love to hang out and, and talk about some of the things that you've been talking about. And, and so we had, we had lunch and kind of just, chatted and a uh, very sweet person and um, so I had talk about manifestation so years people have been saying you should do a superfood hunting show and as my aperture of my life has expanded and being exposed to cultures and people around the world and, and the environment being a strong advocate and, and, and teacher in my life other things of water and power and shelter and growing food and sovereignty and all of that stuff has been informing me throughout my life. And so I wrote this show idea 
like, yeah, yeah, let's do a show, one episode on superfoods. And, and then I wrote, uh, let's go to a blue zone and like, let's, let's talk about water. And I had so much, I really wanted to get into water. But so I, I wrote all these things down and, and in the process of just getting to know Zach, it was just one comment one day. He was like, yeah, what else are you doing? I said, well, I had this idea for a show and I'm thinking about, you know, kind of seeing if that can go. And I wasn't pitching him at all. And I didn't know he did any of anything else other than movies. Um, and so after that, a couple hours later, he had shot me a message and he was like, hey, you know that show idea? He goes, yeah, I was so stoked about like we were going out in the world and seeing all this stuff and you know, being an advocate for all these things. And, and he goes, I talked to my team and I have a show at Netflix already oh no way but it's a it's not this show but i asked them can we just change it to this show idea that darren has like fuck months later dude i'm like that's great that we started to shoot in puerto rico so it was really that the last thing i wanted to do was do a show with a celebrity i wasn't thinking that i wasn't needing to do that but it was the way it happened and because Zach was his heart and his care about it, and it kind of the, you know, he felt like my little brother, you know, it just serendipitously just happened. And so, yeah, we just kind of had a lightning in a bottle uh, with that. And um, I, I mean, that's, that's the, it, it is serendipitous that it would even, you know, that you would meet and it would get discussed. And then that it would actually get made, right? I mean, like... Impossible. You know, I'm sure, like, everyone wants to make a reality show about everyone and they 99.9% of the time don't happen. But for it to actually get produced and then be super successful, I mean, it's like a trifecta of the odds being against something happening that way. So it's pretty totally. cool. But totally. I, when I found out about it, I was, of course, happy for you and also just thinking about the the trickle down of influence, right? It's like, yeah, you, know, you can get a couple knuckleheads like me and you being an advocate for this or that. And there's a certain uh, number of people that are going to become aware of that and maybe listen and try some things out. But when you get into the realm of celebrities and CEOs of corporations and people in politics and people that have more influence getting on board with this stuff, I mean, that's really exciting because these are people that have levers they can pull. Yeah. That, that actually affect change on a wider scale. It's, you know, like stuff can kind of, an idea can catch fire and really totally. take off in a meaningful way. And then that option that you had of choice A that sucks and choice B that's great, but it's 10 times more expensive and inaccessible to the average person, which forces them to divert back to the shitty choice A. The more demand you have for safe versions of products, for example, yeah. lowers the price, right? Totally. It becomes uh, a commodity in a positive sense. And then people can't use that excuse like, well, I can't afford to eat organic food or, totally. you know, use the non-aluminum deodorant or whatever it is. So totally. I, you know, I'm congratulate you guys for getting it done and being successful. It's very cool. Yeah, it was, it was a, you know, it, it, you don't, you don't know. It's a vulnerable thing to create anything and put it in the world. You don't know how it's going to be. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. You know, yeah. it, it was, it, it's, you realize, you, and, it, and it's so true what you said. It's a miracle. These things are even out in the world. It's, totally. a, it's a miracle. And I now see from the outside <laughs> in all of the things that 
absolutely were going wrong, could go wrong, did go wrong. Like, and then f- for it to actually, the first season, almost com- we shot the whole thing and it still wasn't going to happen. Like it was like, and then the second season and like, so the third season's not going to happen for a variety of different reasons, but I'm literally creatively, I'm that ramp is still, I'm, I've been creating something for the last year and I've got a, I can't out him yet. My new co-host for a different show is even more integrated and, 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 and powerful and, awesome and so it's it's the 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 opportunity of here's where it all comes down for me it's hard work i don't make money on the show yeah the amount of energy a lot of people don't realize they say someone has a netflix show and they're like oh man they're rolling no I mean, there might be other opportunities that come as a of result, course. right? Like your podcast is probably much bigger. Your books will do better. But yeah, of course. I remember taking meetings for uh, non-scripted <laughs> TV right. and they're like, yeah, cool. You get, you know, I don't know. $500 a yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just not a living wage for anyone, you know. But. Right. So that's the, so that that part of it is you put a huge amount of work into that. But the 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 creativity and the opportunity so the door is open but for me they open from a sense of finding cool things new technologies new power systems new waste annihilation systems new people doing ocean preservation stuff like things you don't hear about you don't know about and so for me the more exposure i get to that the more I continue to want to amplify those people doing great things. So if I can continue and to show, and also whatever celebrity wants to come along and then I can go, no, 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 look over here. And then all of a sudden you blow their mind. Now all of a sudden they get open. And now, because that was authentic to Zach too. He was in a world that he wasn't getting exposed to. So the audience could kind of vicariously work through him to experience like, holy shit, like Iceland and Peru and like Costa Rica and like all of these things. So, so the opportunity of showing and also hope, utopia, great people doing those great things. Even now to this day, I have, we talked a little bit about PFOS and the fluorine and the gnarly Teflon. I know today solutions at wide scale from algae that is yes you have a solution but it's also price sensitive to combat the chemicalized version that within a year there will be major major outlets of food producers wrapping their food in healthier versions of PFAS without forever chemicals wow that's happening Brad. Right? So, yeah. so at those bigger scales, I'm starting to touch and see and meet. So I want to continue to bring those messages out. So if, if, if the, the, the system of the show moves around a little bit, that's fine. Like Zach needs to do his own thing. That's great. But I'm, I'm, still, I'm still flying. 
All right, listen up, because I'm about to drop some gut science on your dome. Did you know that 70 to 80% of your immune system lives in your gut? Did you also know that 80 to 90% of Americans suffer from some kind of gut issue, like gas, bloating, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and acid reflux? Not cool. And the bummer is that 99.9% of probiotics product die in your stomach acid before they get to where they're supposed to go. And that includes those fancy ones you'll find in the refrigerated section at the health food store. Not to worry, though, we of course have a solution. The amazing probiotics from Just Thrive Health have more clinical research than any products on the market. Their 100% spore-based probiotic is different by design. Their proprietary strains have been third-party, clinically proven to arrive 100% alive in your gut, and that gives them a 1,000 times better survival rate compared to yogurt and other leading probiotics. And because of that fact, it helps calm bloating, gas, and constipation. And it's been proven in clinical trials to address leaky gut in just 30 days, and we know we could all use some help with that. This stuff is so powerful, you can even open the capsules and sprinkle them into any food or drink and not lose potency. So to hook up your gut, here's what you do. Head over to justthrivehealth.com right now, and you can use the code LUKE to get 20% off a 90-day bottle. That's like getting a month for free. And while you're there, check out their other research-backed products for optimal health. There's something for everyone with a zero-hassle money-back guarantee. Again, that's justthrivehealth.com, and your code is Luke for 20% off. I relate 100%. That's one of the things I love about hosting this show is just finding people doing cool things and giving them a platform. It's especially fun. I'm sure you've had this. Every once in a while, I'll meet... Like I met a guy in LA on my last trip there who is a wild forager of Amanita muscaria mushrooms which everyone, up until very recently, most people thought they were poisonous and it turns out they're incredibly medicinal. And in some cases, I mean, I don't use them for, I mean, they're not psychedelic per se, but they, they are a mind-altering substance uh, if you take enough of them, right? right. Um, anyway, a friend of mine told me about this, this guy, Dragon, and I was like, oh, I never heard of this guy. Dragon. Yeah, his name's <laughs> Laughing Dragon, incredible guy. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of interesting. I've never covered that topic. I don't really right. know anything about those mushrooms. Right. Um, interview the guy. He's amazing, beautiful soul, very fascinating. Uh, he'd only been on one podcast before. He doesn't have any social media, no website, no company. His, just, his life is committed to bringing these healing mushrooms to the world. We do a podcast, and I'm not taking credit for this. It's just, you know, I played a small role in it. We, we do a podcast. And I told him, man, be ready because people are going to want these mushrooms. So he basically popped up a company and now he's killing it and giving all these people access to, yeah, yeah. They're called Amanita Warriors. And, um, you know, I check in with him. He's like, dude, thank you so much, man. I just launched a company just because people listen to your show. But what is great about it is you have someone who has a beautiful intention and life's purpose that's very knowledgeable about a pretty niche topic in the, in the realm of health and who is hip to any and all research that's been done on the, you know, on the more um, legitimate scientific side, but is also just a wild, crazy, open-hearted hippie. And you get a guy like that. I mean, like thousands of people's insomnia could be solved in the course of a few weeks from drinking Amanita tea at night and like their REM sleep goes up to two and a half hours from zero. You know, it's just like massive impact 
And then there's going to be a bunch of other foragers that go out and start playing around with these mushrooms and teaching people how to do so safely and so on. You know, that's just one guy I met, had a two hour conversation and like his life and no pun intended, but his life is now mushrooming out to positively affect all of these other people that he probably wouldn't have been able to reach. You know, it's so fun. That's one of your superpowers. Your superpower and knowing you since basically you started and yeah it's your one of your superpowers is always keeping that curiosity but you also even that example just feeling that like your ability to listen to yourself yes about your guests and extract that opportunity because i every once in a while you'll have you had um you had aaron from 360 from yeah uh, yeah yeah and who Aaron i know Cameron. really well i'm sure like, yeah and so i've been in and out of there going i didn't even think to interview him like <laughs> yeah, yeah. like because he's such a such yeah. an interesting i love that guy yeah he's right rad. and what he's doing i mean come on it's like the future of medicine yeah it's right there it's all right there but that was a testament of your ability to always be open and also listen to yourself and feel that and then go cuz it's not you're not looking for who's got who's got the greatest following so that i can ampli- am- amplify my numbers you're going no what do i feel and then 100% and you've been doing that from the beginning thank thank you for the recognition and that is uh, I've learned over the course of these few years that my criteria for sitting down and having a chat with someone is really solely based on having a feeling inside. It's like this charm that goes 51% yes, right? Because there's all, I mean, I get all of these inquiries, I mean, just nonstop. I'm sure you understand it, having a popular podcast. And there are, you know, so many brilliant people, doctors, scientists, spiritual teachers, and there's just all these emails even to the point where our site's like, we don't take incoming requests because there's, I have a list of a hundred people just personally that I've had that feeling about, right? But the criteria for a conversation is, does it feel like I'm supposed to do this? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> right. And, and it's, it's actually quite awkward sometimes because right. someone that I kind of know or someone that knows, some, you know, a friend of a friend would be like, hey, we want this person on your show. And I'm like, I have no good reason to not do it other than I'm just not getting that excited feeling inside. And I just have learned to honor that and not be apologetic and just say, go start your own podcast, you know? Right, it's, right, you know, right. I built my thing so that I could be the one that either gets that feeling or doesn't. You know, it's so interesting that you're saying this because the timing for me. Um, I've been talking with Melissa, my COO, and, and, and my team. I've gotten a little bored. Like and also shit's downloading. Like I, I have a lot of stuff coming through, and I don't know how it's playing out. There's some creative stuff that's like okay, I can see where that's going a little bit. And I, a little bit like kind of left the podcast selectively, and I'm just kind of almost to the other side. I'm just receiving it, and and I find myself on the podcast. I prepared for it. I'm going, or I started to prefer going. Why am I talking to this person? Like, I, I'm not feeling like any, not all the time. <laughs> I, I know, don't, no, I don't I wanna, know what you're saying. And I was no. just like, so I am right now rejiggering how I'm going to go about my podcast to invoke 
a whole nother way of going after it in the sense of what I'm feeling. And because I, I probably similar to you, I don't do well when I'm not clear. Yeah. Like life starts to like, oh, I'm un- wildly uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's the, it's the spidey sense, right? Of yeah. having that, refining that intuition and, and learning how to listen to it. And it's also, in terms of having a podcast, I look at it as doing the listeners a disservice by having a conversation with someone who might be beautiful and brilliant and just an incredible soul doing great things on the earth. But if I'm not personally feeling that um, passion about having a conversation with them, I'm going to be going through the motions and it's not really going to have the energy and the umph of talking to someone like you. I have some history with you. I love the work that you do. We have a great rapport. We got good chemistry. Like I, even if you were just in Austin, I'd be like, come hang out. We'd probably have the same exact conversation without the mics on. Totally. I'd be really excited to learn from you and be inspired by you. You know, but that's, you can't manufacture that. It's like, right. you know, you go on a date and you're not into the person. There's yeah. nothing wrong with them. It's right. just, it's right. not a fit, right? You're not excited about it. And yeah. so... Taking. I'd love to go on a date with you. <laughs> yeah. We could arrange that. I have to Allison, talk to Allison. We... <laughs> I don't know. She's she's pretty traditional. I have to warn you. So am I. Um, so yeah, that's you know that's <laughs> there's something to be said for creative ventures and you know it's like um, I, you know Rick Rubin I'm sure in course, Malibu yeah. right yeah. so we did a podcast recently about his book The Creative Act which yeah. is just such a beautiful book and yeah. it's you know reminded me of you know that everything is art. Right, and that none of it's original. It's just a matter that of it's a way of saying that, you know, yeah. It? And it's just a matter of learning how to tune your antenna and really pick up those, pick up that reception, and and start to honor and listen to when something good comes through. And in this case, it might be like picking a podcast guest, and for someone, it might be like a guitar solo or whatever. Right? But it's not us that's doing it. It's just us that's getting better at the reception part of it, and just having the integrity within ourselves to stick with that knowing that I'm either excited about this or not. And if I'm not excited about it, I'm not doing it, whatever it is, you know? And that it also, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to get back to letting you talk as the guest, but I get excited about this particular topic. It also keeps life so much more interesting, not only for you as the person who is tuned in to the art of life, but also anyone around you is going to catch the fire of that enthusiasm and that passion, right? It's it's so attractive that way. Totally. It's it's invitational. 100%. Yeah. So thank you for, thank you for uh, your, you know, acknowledgement of that and reminding me, yeah, that that's something we can each honor within ourselves. You know, because we're all curating our life. I mean, that's what this show started. The lifestylist, right? Like building a life, taking all these composite, a meditation here, a breath work here, a plant medicine here for those that need it. Uh, you know, using the ozone uh, laundry thing instead of using soap ever. Uh, I mean, there's just so many little things, right? It's like you, you build this lifestyle and everyone is curating their life in their own unique way. And that's how you do it. That's how you curate is you get a feeling in your heart that's like, this is a yes, boom, I'm going to follow that. And when it's a no, follow that, despite what other people might think about it. 100%. Because everyone wants your yeses to be their yeses when they want something from you. (laughs) So true. 
Yeah. And I, I hit up people to be on their podcast all the time and they're, they either don't email back or they say, no, we're not interested. And you know, I just get a little butthurt for a second and remember it's not personal. They're following their own 100%. guidance. That like, ah, Luke's cool, but I'm not feeling it. Right. You know, for now. Fair enough. And, and you don't know the, the, inf- the infinite amount of stuff going on with you, going on with, with someone else for the infinite amount of things in that particular time that someone asked that person about you. It's impossible to understand and unpack all of that stuff. Very true. Right? It's yeah. impossible. Very true. But, uh, then, but then a week could go by <laughs> and a shift of something could happen and then, a, and then all of a sudden a podcast you had said and then someone pushes that going, oh, he talked about that and I just went through this and then now, he's the, now he is the person that you want to talk to more than anyone else. Yeah. And nothing happened except everything happened. You know, very so, true. Anyway. That's a good reminder because yesterday I, I was sharing with Allison that I, I have a very hard time asking for help. I'm just that guy. It's a big stretch and um, we're, I'm writing a book. Oh, right And so, on. you know, I'm in the process of talking to some agents and things like that. And a friend of mine a couple of years ago who had written a very successful book um, at that time offered to help me. It was like, oh, dude, I'll introduce you to my agent and this publisher and yada, yada. Just let me know when you're ready because these are big time people and you don't want to go off half cocked. So I took three years and finally got my, you know, got back on track with it. Sent him an email responding to that one from three, four, maybe years ago. It's like, hey, here's my proposal. I'm, I'm here at the thing. If you can help, that'd be great. Didn't answer. So I thought it's been a while since we emailed. So I texted him. Hey, I, I just sent an important email to your old email. Hasn't texted me back. <laughs> you know, it's been like a week. Now I don't get too, you know, I don't take things like that personally, but you can't help the mind to wonder like, well, what's wrong with me? You know, and Allison, <laughs> yeah. I mentioned to her and she's like, said just what you said. She's like, dude, they're probably traveling, their family, someone might be sick. They could be in jail. Like you literally have no <laughs> idea. Right. This person likely not, but just saying, right. you literally have no idea other than the, you said the monkey mind creating all of these stories in a narrative around why they're rejecting you or why this thing that you really want isn't coming to fruition and isn't in flow. And it's like you said, man, everything has to coalesce in the universe for a thing to actually manifest. And then that other trip is the more you can understand and kind of thwart the mind giving its attention to all of the radical scenarios the less kind of full circle we're talking about the less your 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 potential to create actually help to create that for your seat for tomorrow to create more chaos to support the chaos that you're giving and feeding in that moment because that's also the control of the mind going okay you can witness it but then the, but then there's the I'm seeing it and giving attention to it. And so now it's ampling up and then I've decided on the story. Yeah. I've yeah. decided that there is something wrong with me. Yeah. And now it's triggered <laughs> all of my wounds. Yeah. And now I'm just this hurt little four-year-old again. And then, and then again. Didn't get picked for the team <laughs> on the playground again. There yeah. it is. Yeah. And opportunity for healing. That's so true. Or you support your story and you don't heal it and you just create it again. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of healing, you know, since I've known you, you you've always seemed like um, you know, an emotionally healthy 
really grounded guy. You know, you, you I mean, just the way that you speak, right, is being the witness of your thoughts. And you, you seem to have a, a contemplative, meditative sort of life view, worldview. You know, you mentioned your dad sadly died of alcoholism. Um, did you go through shit as a kid that, that um, inspired you to get into things like yoga and meditation or whatever you've done to kind of figure out how to master the monkey mind and to be emotionally regulated? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I, I, I had a spontaneous, drug free, I had a spontaneous recapitulation of my birth that I lucidly saw. So this was in when I was studying psychology. We were doing this regression stuff. Um, again, everyone, it was drug free. And you just kind of have to suspend like, okay, we were doing regressions from one month. We were doing it from seven, you know, like your current age to 10 years. What was the first thing that came up? Let's go heal that. Let's go back. Let's explore that. And it got to this regression where it was zero to in the womb. And you can't possibly follow that consciously. So this is the exercise. You have a counselor and I was in the, I was in the patient seat and we had a third party witness. And that was our kind of trio of learning techniques and stuff to help people process stuff. So I'm in this in the center of that and the counselor started taking me through this regression. I closed my eyes and she kind of said, okay, so where are you? I was like, all of a sudden I'm in the womb. I'm there. I'm feeling it. And all of a sudden she goes, what's going on? I'm like, it's stressful. And now the more and more information keeps coming. And then all of a sudden, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I was, so I was born premature, two months. I came out, I had a 50-50 chance of surviving. Shit was intense. While I came out, the counselor saw the emotion in me. My eyes were still closed. And she goes, what's going on? What do you want? And in that question, I had a flood of emotion coming from the base of my spine, like a river of hot fluid that I couldn't make up. It literally unleashed itself up my spine and in this room of counselors, again, drug-free, I exploded in snot and crying. Mm, wow. Because what I answered, I said, I want my mom. And what I didn't get was my mom because they thought I was going to die. So they poked me, they prodded me, they tested me, and they put me in an incubator. Dude, you are tripping me out right now. So I had the same shit. What? Yes. Really? Yes. It's in my book. It's what I'm writing about right now. Is oh my God. the awareness of being unborn and being born and the, the trauma of being put in an incubator and separated from my mom and not breastfed and the whole thing. It's literally the way my book starts. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. And, and my realization of that was almost drug-free. <laughs> First time 
I'm years ago, I'm 22 years sober. I go to Costa Rica to an ayahuasca retreat because I just, I was called, you know what I'm saying? Just as it goes, I'm like, I'm supposed to do this. I'm stuck in my life and in my recovery. There is shit I cannot heal and I've tried everything. So I go there. First two nights, long story, beautiful experiences, super deep, very powerful medicine, like life-changing the whole thing. Third night, this was supposed to be the most powerful, this Yahe from Colombia, different shaman each night. They bring in their medicine from different countries and cultures, etc. I'm like, here we go. Tonight, I'm going to blast off. Long story short, drink the medicine, just lay there writhing, sweating, nauseous, with explosive diarrhea for like six hours and no psychoactive effect whatsoever. Totally stone cold sober. Everyone around me is like, I see the entities, you know, like doing the thing, doing the ayahuasca thing. I'm laying there just going, shitting yourself. It's funny because it's so fresh because I just wrote this story in my book. And I'm laying there talking to myself. I said, Luke, you fucked up. This is not for you. You're not like these people. You are supposed to be sober. I went into this whole shame spiral. Like this is God punishing you because you're not supposed to be playing in these realms. You're never doing this again, ever, ever, ever. Eventually I doze off for a little bit and had what would be akin to just like a mild daydream kind of, but it's in the middle of the night, right? Kind of half asleep, half awake, super sick. Have a vision of this whole hospital scene, similar to what you just described. I was like, oh, that was weird. So the next day, text my mom. I'm like, hey, I'm drinking ayahuasca in the jungle. I just had a dream about my birth. Does this sound like anything would happen? She said, that is exactly what happened the day you were born. The whole story, which is a longer story. But it, it was the missing link to my entire life because of that abandonment wound. Unconscious but still could never get close to people. Always felt like I'm in a bubble, like an incubator, right? Just can't really connect, can't be vulnerable. Couldn't could never dream of having a healthy romantic relationship. Like no way could I ever allow someone to get close and to And let me, me guess, you didn't really uh, bring in the idea of having a kid either. No way. That yeah. was my worst fear. My entire, I mean, up until I met Allison, there's no way I would have ever considered. It was like, that's like my number two fear would have been having a kid because I'm afraid of what happens to them in the hospital and all the things that happen to me, you know? So it's crazy. It's just wild that you said that. And I didn't mean to, you know, steal your, no, no, no. your thunder there. I'm just like, what the hell? Like yeah. literally, dude, parallel path. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and also the greatest gift, right? Because I chose those circumstances and I came in, picked the perfect family lineage, the perfect ancestors, the perfect parents, the perfect dysfunction, the perfect addictions and alcoholism and trauma to motivate me to become a ride or die drug addict and have to find God or not live. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's all perfect now. Yeah. But man, what a huge missing link. What a gift to be able to especially to you know, not have to go sit through a really challenging night of ayahuasca to find out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you have know? Also, you know, that 27-year-old did ayahuasca of mine. I, so I did that ayahuasca 20, you know, how many years ago, right? 20-some-odd years ago at this point. So, um, yeah, that was the first, that was, but, but I guess to answer your question, I was always feeling a little strange, right, to, to, you know, I said having these awakenings in college. So I, you know, I have this alcoholic father. 
I woke up not feeling good from the night before drinking and I was like, well, I don't, what, I, I want to work out. I feel like shit. I'm going to throw up. Like, what am I doing? And, and then it was this awareness that came from somewhere going, well, what are you getting from the alcohol? And like, okay, I get to be with my friends. I get to let go. Like, and then I was like, and then this literal common sense little angel comes into my head going, well, just be that and eliminate the fucking poison. So then, and that turns out a hell of a gift coming from an alcoholic family. His grandfather, my, my dad's dad, my dad, his brother's <laughs> You know, I was primed to be an addict. And I quit alcohol in college. Wow. And started waking up at four in the morning, realizing that this space in the morning is nectar of the gods. It is. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. And then with that, I could integrate. So here we're going back to A and B again. I'm not drinking. I'm teaching myself to be extroverted when I choose to be, have fun without the crutch of abuse. So I get to integrate that choice, which is infinitely powerful. So I've eliminated poison and I've increased the ability to receive and to be something that I was unwilling to be. And also release this lineage of a possibility that easily could have destroyed my life and clearly destroyed my dad's life. Yeah. So yeah. that those little awarenesses. And then at 27, I had, you know, a breakup of a girl and just just crushed me from a you directly lied to me. And it was as if someone, the quintessential humanity was lying to me. Because I couldn't believe someone could look you in the eye and lie to me. And so that crushed me. I was crying for months. It wasn't necessarily that girl, but it opened me up to this spiritual consciousness and started my metaphysical journey. And then this guy comes up to me, and this is like, this is in Boulder, Colorado, in what, 97, 98? Yeah, there's a thing called ayahuasca. And keep, keep in mind, wow. at that point, I had just drinking alcohol. I'd never smoked marijuana. Wow. I'd never done another drug. And I knew this naive kid barely off of the boat from Minnesota. Not that we have a boat. The tractor from yeah, Minnesota. The tractor from Minnesota. <laughs> the bean fields. Um, I knew I was going to do this ayahuasca. Huh. So I did. And the compound, the molecule, she sent me down an incredible path and also said, you never have to use me again mm-hmm. because I'm always right here. Like a shift of awareness. That opens up a whole nother story that I had some horrible experiences not listening to that, which I don't need to get into. But um, my path and then many great medicine men along the way, many incredible humbletches and ceremonies and sages and saints and from India to mountaintops to shamans and the Amazon to like incredible people. To all, of course, coming down to the, the ability to continue to listen, which I do every day and I still wake up at four in the morning and I do my practices without fail. 
and and that nourishing of self and the listening um, is uh, you know the greatest superfood I could possibly give, it's working. give myself. Yeah. It's working. You got the sparkle in your eye, dude. <laughs> the 4 a.m. sparkle. That's inspiring. There's, there's been a few stints, very few, where I'm like, I'm going to get up at four and do my sadhana and you know, have my whole thing. And there really is something special at that time in the morning. And uh, it, it's just different. It's different. You could wake up at six or seven and meditate. It's nice. You get up at three or four in the morning and do some spiritual practices. You don't need plant medicine. You will trip totally. if you're doing the right stuff. You add a little breath stuff and yeah. you are you yeah. are there. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Next time I have like, you know, random insomnia, because sometimes I'll wake up just at three or four and I'm like, oh man, I can't go back to sleep. And then I'll just listen to podcasts, you know, and just kind of waste my time when I couldn't. I mean, hey, listening to podcasts is not a waste of time, guys. Right. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I'll just yeah. like entertain myself or just kind of numb or bore myself back to sleep. But um, it'd be a good idea to get up and do some practices. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for sharing that part. Um, as promised, man, time is really flying on me here. Let, let's just, I, I want to go through because you cover so many of these specific topics and I want to go through some of them. And of course, people can buy your book if they want the deep dive and like the alternative solution. But there's things I hear you talk about that I'm like, oh, duh, I already knew that. But there's quite a few things that I don't. So I'm imagining many people listening to this might be unaware of a lot of the things. So I just want to kind of go rapid fire through some of the offenses in the environment and you can give us a little bit of information because you did so much research behind each of them all right hopefully we all know by now that sauna therapy is really good for you the unfortunate fact is my friends is that we live in a toxic stressful environment so the scientifically proven benefits of a sauna are a no-brainer Now, the problem is, of course, that many people don't have the space at home or cash in the bank to afford a full-size sauna. Well, our homies over at Bond Charge solved this with their brand new infrared sauna blanket. From blue light glasses to red light therapy and EMF management and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern way of life effortlessly and with maximum impact. So the The Bond Charge Sauna Blanket is badass because it's lightweight, extremely portable, quick to set up, and very compact to store away when you're done using it. And thankfully, they paid attention to the details and made this thing very low EMF, and it heats up to get you sweating much faster than a traditional box sauna. It works by raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise so you burn calories as you chill and listen to music, meditate, or even read a book. In fact, and this is crazy but true, you can burn up to 600 calories in just one session just lying there. Pretty sweet. And of course, sweating helps you eliminate heavy metals and other toxins, which are unfortunately so prevalent in today's world. But I gotta say my favorite part is that a short session in the sauna blanket releases a grip of feel-good endorphins, which leaves you feeling euphoric after your session. Combined with the cold plunge, this is my number one mood booster, hands down. All right, are you ready to get your sweat on? Here's what you do. Go to bondcharge.com and use the code LIFESTYLIST to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E, bondcharge.com. And again, the coupon code is LIFESTYLIST for 15%. 
Let, let's just, I, I want to go through, because you cover so many of these specific topics and I want to go through some of them. And of course, people can buy your book if they want the deep dive and like the alternative solution. But there's things I hear you talk about that I'm like, oh, duh, I already knew that. But there's quite a few things that I don't. So I'm imagining many people listening to this might be unaware of a lot of the things. So I just want to kind of go um, rapid fire through some of the offenses in the environment and you can give us a little bit of information because you did so much research behind each of them. Um, so you talked about deodorant and cosmetics and, and dental floss. Um, in that category, and I hear a lot of conflicting ideas uh, on this one is sunscreen. Um, I'm not personally afraid of the sun. I you know, look pretty good for 52. I'm out in the sun all the time. I just don't get sunburned. I put on clothes or a hat and it's called shade. It's called <laughs> common sense. Yeah, but what's, what's your take on uh, sunscreen? What have you found out about that? Well, I agree. Don't be afraid of the sun and don't put, your, put sunscreen on until you have some uh, healthy dose of sun and never burn. So it's common sense, right? And if you're going to be outside, then cover up and everything else. So there, there's a lot of... There, the, the, most of the sunscreens have some sort of oxybenzene and other carcinogens. The irony here is that the very fear that a lot of people have of the sun is rooted in, I'm going to get cancer, right? And some of these benzenes and oxybenzenes and everything are actually, actually been shown to cause cancer. Why are they in the sunscreens that are supposedly going to help us from the UVA and UVB and all of these things? So that's insane, right? Um, and also it thwarts and disrupts your natural immune defense system, which is your melanin, which is your vitamin D, which is absolutely important. And if you're also going in the sun and throwing on sunglasses, there's a growing research to show that you're disrupting your melanin production, which is pushing you more towards carcinogenic activity because your eyes are the receiver of the light. And if it doesn't believe that there's light there and you have shades on, your skin is actually not going into the proper production of that. <laughs> right. Your, eye, your eyes are like the gatekeeper, the early warning system to tell your skin. Yeah. And the hey, melanin in your skin. Yeah. Activate. Oh, God. It's so frustrating to me the way everything's backwards. Another interesting thing about the sunscreen and the skin cancer scare is that it's, I, I could be a little bit off on this. So I won't say like the most prevalent cases of skin cancer are for uh, shift workers that are working under blue light, but it's definitely very high amongst those people who are never out in the sun because they're sleeping all day because they work graveyard, right? Like skin cancer is rampant in that population. That are not getting vitamin, but, and their vitamin D levels are Yeah, and they down. never yeah. go in the sun. And right. it's, the, it's the freaking blue light, dude, yeah. Yeah. you know? It's a frequency, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so, and there's certain common sense things, like again, get your body exposed and even your children, never burn, but then... You know, coconut oil is fantastic. It's a natural SPF of between five and nine. Uh, and if you're going to be outside, just put on some, put on some clothing. And and zinc oxide's great. You know, you can use some blocking things that it's not transdermally ending up in your, disrupting your chemistry in your skin and getting in your bloodstream and causing downstream effect. Nice. And uh, what about laundry detergent and bleach? Yeah. 
Well, uh, uh, bleach, you know, can wipe out your microbiome of your skin. So that that is then also getting into your skin. So that is going to set you up potentially for more skin cancer, that kind of thing. Um, you know, laundry detergents, ha- you know, the, the, the alarming nature of all of this is the loopholes of the fragrances and hundreds, usually around 85% of the fragrances, um, they don't, first off, they don't have to disclose what the fragrances are made of because that's proprietary. So that's their loophole. And of those, when tested, about 85% of those are carcinogenic and or endocrine disrupting. So laundry detergent's easy to change. You could you you can get hell cheapest is pour you know vinegar in there. You can you can like you, you have a oxy, oxygenation uh, Dude, ozonation. It, like this thing is incredible. Yeah. It's called um um uh, oh Jesus uh oh my God it's right there in the laundry room. <laughs> we'll I'll I'll think, put it in the show I'll think notes, of the yeah. name, but it's an ozone generator yeah. that hooks up to the the water lines on your uh, washing machine. You turn the washing machine on, and it just infuses your laundry with ozonated water and you never use soap ever again your whole life it's crazy it's the best thing ever crazy. it doesn't smell like ozone my right. allison was concerned she doesn't like the smell of ozone she's like i don't want her clothes smell like ozone i'm like it won't it'll be right. cool oh yeah. three waterworks O3 that's what it's called nice. and they have this other little spray bottle that plugs in and charges you put water in that and it makes ozonated right. water so yes, i love that like thing. there goes all your cleaning products are gone you have totally. one bottle sits yeah. and we have a couple of them around the house and it's just like Instant disinfectant. Exactly. No chemicals. I mean, you could you could spray it in your mouth and drink the ozonated water right. if you wanted to. You know, it's that harmless. Yeah. So uh, you probably d- described this before, but the, the 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 ability for an O3 molecule is it wants to attach itself aggressively, right? So it's got a whole a high ORP value. It will go after bacteria and virus and and dirt and grime and like it will attach itself and help disassociate that. So it's an incredible natural molecule to use. So I I, I haven't even had heard of the I'll send, I'll send you a link. I can't wait. You to, can find it at LukeStory.com. Amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, but that that's one of my fragrance dis- free. If everyone yeah. could just go out and do a fragrance free or make your own uh, bicarbonate, a little Castile soap, essential oil, l- vinegar. And if you want to go after your whites, uh, you can use um, um, uh, hydrogen peroxide, right? Nice, clean, uh, uh, grade A hydrogen peroxide. Dump that in, clean all your whites. It's fantastic. All right, that brings me... Because that's an ozone again. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, that brings me to chlorinated pools, and this is a this is one that's really close to my heart because you can see we have a pool out there. For two years, I've been trying to eliminate the chlorine, so I got uh, a UV bulb thing, an ozone generator, and like I've thrown so many things at that freaking pool, and the pool guy's like still has to use a little bit of chlorine. It's super annoying. So then everyone said, "Well, you just do a saltwater pool." When the sun hits salt water, it makes chlorine. So you're still it's you're still chlorine. And then some smarty pants were like, oh, just use hydrogen peroxide. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. You get the, you know, the 35%. Dude, it's like eight hundred dollars for a drum of it, and it only lasts two months. 
You know, so I'm like, so, so, what? Do you have any solutions for hot tubs and pools? So there is a way, and I can't describe it because okay. I don't know enough. But I just had a friend of mine, my my buddy Chris Patton, who's one of the brightest people on the planet that I'm working with, and all the uh, other alternative stuff. He has a way of creating on demand from water from your tap on demand hydrogen peroxide. Ooh, on demand. There we go. So. Let me talk to him and see cool. how far along that is. Because if you can create that, I know that the technology works. It's just a matter of, is there a unit that can be used right now today? Or it might be a little bit down the road. So if you can make on-demand, because that's what they're using um, as jet fuel, hydrogen peroxide. Oh, wow. So imagine uh, making your own. And then you have, you have an energy source and you have a disinfectant. Rad. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right, cool. We'll look forward to that. <laughs> uh, another thing you've talked about is plastic cutting boards. And I was oh, like, yeah. think when I saw it, I was like, do we have any of those? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. But I'm sure I've used them probably yeah. my whole life, not even thinking about it. Yeah. Well, you know, plastic interacting with food. We know that a good friend of mine at Yale was at Yale and worked at Intel. He was testing circuit boards and saw the leaching of plastics at a minute level and then had this awareness that he, when his takeaway food came, he used his sophistication at his lab at Intel and started testing the food and saw all of the plasticizers, the phthalates, the petroleum, all of that stuff in the food. And so those, these are carcinogenic, these are endocrine disrupting. These are problems. So anytime food interacting with plastic, of course, harder plastics are better, but the cutting board, the reason I brought it up is because we're cutting on it. Right. We're purposely cutting. We're like our, slicing little pieces of microplastic. Of course. And we have, uh, and that was like, I didn't even realize this much. On average, 200,000 grams of microplastic every year that we're ingesting and with that it's a chemical soup right it's not just plastic it's everything that plastic was created to be right it's the phthalates it's god forbid it's got PFOS and BPAs and BPHs and all of these things. And then you're ingesting it as a foreign body into your body so so these are the things again this is Use a use natural, hopefully, because a lot of wood is also formaldehyded and things like that. So try to get wood that is not preserved in that way, and then use your ozonation to clean it, uh, or vinegar or things like that on a consistent basis, and just get rid of the plastic interacting with your food. Like it. that one, I think that one is one of the tougher ones because even a lot of great organic, any prepared food, like yeah. we get these frozen meals and they're in a plastic tray and it's all farm to table and beautiful, yeah. but the food is pre-cooked. So it was probably hot when they pour it in there. Hopefully not, but probably. But <laughs> probably. And then it's frozen and then you, you know, you take it out of the plastic and heat it up, but it, it was sitting in the plastic for quite a while. I'm just thinking of like even some of the really healthy raw milk and Things from the farmer's market, you know, are great, but ultimately like so much of it is still in plastic. You can't get away from it. I too, right? I've looked at a lot of these, uh, take, they're convenient, man. When you find a, a company that's doing great food and you're doing that, my thing is some of them, when they can, 
they're using glass when they can, or they're using harder plastics, right? So when you can, it's the, the cheaper plastic and the more malleable, that's an indicator of plasticizers. It's more and more chemicals to make that squishy. So that has a higher propensity to leach in the food. So when I kind of look at these things, minimize that takeaway kind of option. Uh, and I try to, I've talked to a few of these companies trying to push them in a better direction. And I'm connected to some of these companies doing, you know, the, using plant-based fibers and the alternatives to PFAS. And so I'm watching both sides. So when these guys finish, the, the blending and the possibility of other packaging, then I start linking these people up and they start knowing each other. So that's where some of these things you can't get away from. The, the oxygen barrier on supplements and food, there is just nothing better yet mm -hmm. that protects yet. the food and the supplement. So I buy supplements. I buy stuff and it's in plastic. It's like, yeah. okay, like, <laughs> like you, you do your I'm, best. I'm thinking about my supplement cabinet down there. It's probably 99.999% plastic. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know how much that's leaching into a cellulose capsule, but right. yeah, there's all, it's also a lot of waste. I have a friend it's named a Matt Blackburn has a great company called Mito Life, and he's in the process of this very expensive venture, which is moving his supplement you know, capsules and stuff out of plastic containers and finding an alternative that's Beautiful. biodegradable. Beautiful. So it just takes a few people to like take the hit, right? Because yep. it's going to be exponentially more expensive and probably affect one's margins. But then it starts to become industry standard. And then you, like you said, yet in a few years, it's like, we'll look back on the time when everything was in plastic and go, oh my God, what a joke. There was such a better that. way. Yeah. Just needed lazy. Some, needed some mavericks like you to make those connections. All right, here's another one I've been hearing a lot about lately and I, you know, I see this stuff on TikTok and Telegram whatever and I just it's too depressing so I don't even look but it's this appeal. Oh yeah, yeah. Appeal coating yeah, on yeah, yeah. fruits and then, you know, the first things I saw were like, "Oh, they're starting to put it." I was like, "Okay, just avoid that, Luke." And then I saw some other posts that were like, "Oh, they've been doing that for 6 years or something." Yeah, they just yeah. didn't tell you. Yeah. What, what do you know about this appeal uh, stuff? You know, that, that was interesting because I, I had myself and my researchers start looking into that. And of course, you can't find all of the information. Um, so it's these mono and diglycerides, which are the primary coating. Um, and they inherently have trans fats in them. Wow. Trans fats. And, and so just to make that why that's a big deal is because you're coating fruits and veg and avocado with that and you can't wipe it off. It's now embedded into it. So now you're exposing yourself to, to potential trans fats and there's, there's very little safety data. I go back to, there's a few little benign chemicals that they're showing, but interestingly enough, I, we dug, we, we really looked into this. We tried to look under the hood. They don't reveal everything. I go back into go, going, okay, I'm coming off of Fatal Convenience books, this book, right? There is so many, PFAS is not on the back of any label, zero. BPA and BPH, 
is not on the back of any label. The fragrances are not on the back of any label. They're not revealing all of it. This is the same thing. We only are dealing with, okay, these mono and diglycerides, okay, they're trans fats, that's not great. We can't find out enough of all the other binding interactions these are having. Like, what is it making itself bind and unwashable? You can't wash this off. Is there data to support the, the shelf life? Seems to be. It's in improving shelf stability over time. What does that improve? Well, they market it more food for you. Well, the truth is it's more profit for them because it's less waste. And less waste is good, sure. But there's a chemistry set that it, we're not clear about. It hasn't been revealed. And there hasn't been safety studies. So I look back at all of the research I did in Fatal Conveniences. Why does Fatal Convenience Book exist? Because they haven't been telling us all the information. Right? right. And we discover it later. So, so I was like, as soon as I saw that pop up, like, let's start doing the research now. I, the next phase, I would love to go test it. But here's the thing with testing. What are you going to tell them to test? I've tested hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of supplements and compounds and foods and everything else. And here's where you go. You go, like, let's say a gold standard. One of them is Covance, Mickelson Labs, all this stuff. So you go to Covance and you go, okay, I got my Baruca nuts here. I want to test for omega 3s, I want omega 6s, omega 9s. I want to test for the, the vitamin mineral profile. I want to test for the active vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin K. Like you, you tell them what you want to test for. But if you don't know what to test for, you don't know what you're trying to test for. So, so, it's, 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 so that's why you want to get data. Again, I go back to the book Plausible Deniability. If I'm finding all of these products that haven't been tested for safety and they're selling them to us, I want you to prove your appeal is safe before you're putting it on innocent fruits and veg, right? So again, I don't trust the system because they have proven to not say, tell the truth. So well, just And the burden of proof in any argument is really on the person making the claim. So if the makers of appeal are bringing it to market and their claim is that it's safe, the burden of proof to prove that that is in fact the case is on them, not on a guy like you or a guy like me going, this seems questionable. So now it's on me to go prove that it's unsafe. I'm not the one that's selling it. Totally. You well, that's, that's why organizations like uh, EWG, Environmental Working Group. Why do they exist? Same reason why my book exists. Because people aren't doing their job. FDA is not doing the job. EPA is not doing their job. FCC, all these people. So it's again... Well, they're doing their job, but they're not doing it for the population. They're exactly. doing it for the people yeah. and the corporations a, that line their, their pockets. It's a poser. <laughs> they're doing a job, <laughs> right. but not their real job. Exactly. So, so from my point of view on the stuff, it doesn't have enough data to support... I understand the great greenwashing marketing of it, that you're preserving food and all of that stuff. The, by the way, the, the, the EU and the UK banned it. 
in organic certification. From their perspective, they looked at it, makes sense, going, that's no longer organic. You've put something on the organic fruit and veg that is no longer a part of nature, so we're banning it. Wow, now good for them. Yeah, and they may let it be unconventional. I don't know. I just read the article yeah. and the research that they banned it for there. We don't lead that. We are the worst offenders of proving or pushing back in safety. Uh, and people think we're the best and all that stuff. We're the worst offenders. We're one of two uh, countries that allow pharmaceutical ads to happen, us and weirdly enough, uh, the Kiwis, New Zealanders. Uh, allow for pharmaceutical ads. So uh, we're not leading in these categories. Definitely not. We're leading in uh, disease though. <laughs> we're, we're, if, we, if you wanted to hurt people, what we're doing is a great way to slowly do that. Well, with the appeal, um, I, I was immediately out because I saw that Bill Gates' name was associated with it. So I'm just, totally. uh, it's an immediate no. <laughs> you know, totally. I don't even need to, that's all I need to hear is that yeah. he has, you know, half a percent in their ventures. I'm, I'm 100% out. <laughs> uh, okay, so, oh yeah, this is a good one. So you, the last time we spoke, you hadn't eaten meat in a long time and are yeah. eating a plant-based diet. Is that still the case? I was telling, I think I was telling Jared, I was like, I think Darren's the only person I know who's like a long-term plant-based that, that looks healthy. And no offense, you know, I'm sure there are others out there that I don't know, but like, you've always been a big muscular guy. Like you don't look malnourished. Your teeth aren't falling out, which is what happened to me when I went plant-based. Uh, so that brings me to the question yeah. of fake meat. This has got to get under the skin of someone who's thriving as a plant-based person and then all of these, you know, solutions are brought to market that to me, look, I mean, I never eat any of them, but I just look in the grocery store and I'm like, oh, fake meat. I wonder what's in that. And it's just like yeah, horrific. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it, it goes directly into the camp of ultra processed food. I don't care that our marketing is plant-based or whatever else or, or Oreos. And it, it's, it's all ultra processed poisonous food. So I don't, prescribed i don't eat it i have tried it uh and it, it's nothing that i would well also it's just it's funny to me with all the fake meats it's like if you're craving that flavor enough to eat something that is knowingly toxic it's probably your body telling you you need a hamburger or just real it's just real nutrients <laughs> yeah right? yeah and so so yeah from that perspective i'm not on board is there all. is there any are there anything like sometimes i'll see like uh, at khalil's place they have this like mushroom jerky which i don't like the taste of mushrooms so i've right. never i've never bought it but it, i mean is there anything that gives you like the salty chewy satisfaction if one doesn't want to eat meat is there is there any fake meat that's like viable or is it just not even a category you're interested in i'm not too interested in i had um at one of the stands here in austin i had a um a jackfruit when you harvest a green jackfruit and you peel the the jackfruit open it's fleshy and it's harder like a ripe jackfruit is one of my favorite fruits oh, in the, the world. Best. Oh my God. Yeah. Right? Smells but, like feet, tastes oh. like heaven. <laughs> totally. A durian, are you a durian fan yeah. as well? Yeah. Oh no, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, durian yeah. smells yeah. like feet. Yeah, not jackfruit. Yeah. So I right. had the wrong but, fruit. But jackfruit can have, you're like, it has a little, Yeah. it can have a little bit of off. It has a slight umami kind of yeah. uh, 
note yeah. to it. But durian's a whole. Oof, yeah, th- that's what I was. That's what I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah. But jackfruit, green jackfruit has a fleshy. So it's like not that I look for that. I like jackfruit, and I like it when they put barbecue sauce on it and whatever else. Like, but I don't. I don't crave that. I don't need that. I don't have a lack around it. So my microbes and my constitution is completely. I don't suffer from missing any of that stuff. Keep in mind, and I've said this a couple of times, the context of me plant-based is from 20 years of finding the most nutrient-dense food in the world. So I have convinced myself that I can find the greatest foods ever with the highest nutrient value. And so I've also, think, think, think the mindset when I said, if I stopped alcohol and I eliminated the middleman and just had, had the inhibitions and the fun, I also did that for me. Killing and eating flesh or the menstruation of another being like an egg, I just go, okay, so where are they getting the omegas? Okay, phytoplankton, raw spirulina, raw spirulina as B12. Like I've just like had so much exposure to whole food and plants that I just go, I just go there. And so I've been living that way for as long as you've known well, that's me. A, that's a good point. And yeah. you know, I always just make fun of myself for when I went vegetarian with the best of intentions for health and uh, you know, just um Nonviolence, etc. But when I was a vegetarian, I mean, I was living off gluten and rice. <laughs> I mean, I was right. eating super shitty vegetarian food, so I was totally inflamed, malnourished. My teeth fell out. So, like, I kind of rag on that period in my life. But to be fair, I wasn't eating the most nutrient dense superfoods on the planet. So it wasn't right. like a true case scenario test right. Right. that was fair because I was just eating super swag food. And then the minute right. I started eating meat again, I felt much much better you know never never turned back yeah and you can make your broccoli sprouts in seven days for 25 cents and they're some of the most nutrient dense antioxidant sulforaphane anti-cancer foods in the world yeah yeah and complete proteins more nutrients than a full head of broccoli like you know it's those little things and then fortify my life with that eating and close, I have food growing on my property. I go out and I pick it. I, I saute the char- chard that I just got. I get the thing and I get the fresh food. Uh, watermelon's about to burst. And so like, you know, the, that's it. And then fortifying adaptogens and, you know, all these other plants that I've been exposed to. There's just no need that I have had. to, yeah. And I get nutritional panels tested and i'm not stupid yeah you know i just don't understand how one could live without butter (laughs) yeah i mean steaks you know fish here and there is nice but i'm like man i eat butter like it's going out of style and ghee you know let's face it you guys most of our lives are busy and stressful And when you're on the go, it's a lot easier to grab a pastry and an espresso than to drop into a yoga class or go for a jog in nature. But along with those carbs and caffeine comes the crash, not to mention that expanding waistline. 
Now, what if you could feel energized and calm without any sugar or caffeine? By now, you've probably heard of the ketogenic or keto diet craze because it's known to produce consistent energy and improve cognitive performance. Well, did you know you could get your ketones exogenously? That's a fancy word for coming from the outside. And this means you don't have to be on the keto diet to get the same benefits. Ketone IQ is my preferred source of drinkable ketones. It comes in a TSA-friendly bottle with 10 grams of ketones in every serving. Or you can also get a multi-serving bottle to keep in the fridge at home, too. Personally, I like to down a shot of Ketone IQ every time I get on an airplane. Now, normally, I'd feel like crap when I land, but with Ketone IQ, I roll off the plane feeling super lit and ready to crush it. Plus, ketones are one of the best hacks for staying trim since it suppresses the appetite for at least five hours. You can check out Ketone IQ at hvmn.com luke and subscribe at checkout to get 30% off. I also like to take Ketone IQ every time I sit down for a podcast because it puts me into an easy flow state that's just right for having an epic conversation. It is the best brain fuel. So get yours again today at hvmn.com slash Luke. And if you subscribe at checkout, you'll save 30%. I remember years ago, I interviewed David Wolf and, you know, his big first raw food and then vegan. I was like, man, on the down low, I'm like, bro, you don't even eat ghee. He's like, well, I eat a little ghee. (laughs) (laughs) Not totally vegan. I think he gives himself a little latitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was the one thing I was like, I just, man, I I couldn't do it. Um, What about, um, oh man, there's so many things here. And and I'll try to speed through these, you know, in the interest of time, because I know we got another recording, but there were just some cool things on this list that that I just figured were bad, but had never really heard of. What about AstroTurf? Yeah, a lot of people in Texas because there's droughts all the time have this like plastic lawns, and it's seems pla- like a bad idea to me. Yeah, it's plastic. Well, especially with the turf, and I just wanted to raise that because the turf and then ch- chewed up. Now, in theory, it's a great idea. Some of it's recycled, some of it's virgin. But then, if you watch an NFL game or a soccer, you'll see this black stuff come up, almost like it's dirt. Those are, that's chewed up tire. Some of the most toxic shit on the planet. So you have children, you have young, healthy adults playing on this stuff, off-gassing all day in a hot day. It's a bad idea. So it's, it's that kind of... I was an athlete. I played on Minneapolis's old Metrodome uh, artificial grass. And I wish I had a choice to do it. It's incredibly efficient. But your, your, your two-a-days, your hours, your years of your life, some of these kids are, are playing on this. And it just was an alarm bell for me, having been an ex-athlete on this stuff and then seeing young children growing up with artificial grass. It's plastics it's petroleum it's old tires and it's off-gassing and it's carcinogenic speaking of off-gassing uh there are many reasons why i I never see the inside of a gym but one of the main reasons is because i've been you know chemical free in my house for so long dude if i walk in a gym the off-gassing rubber of all the rubber is just i'm like five minutes in there have a headache and then people are in there like breathing hard on the treadmill and 
lifting weights and I was going, how do you guys even sit in here, let alone exercise? I couldn't even take a nap in here. <laughs> you know, totally. It's just so gnarly. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Especially with gyms, it always gets me because I'm like, wait, these are the people that are going the extra mile to be healthy. And then you go in there and have the gas chamber steam room with the, you know, the the gaseous fluoride and, uh, and, and chlorine. And then you walk out on the floor under the blue light and they got 50 Wi-Fi routers. That, and it's just like, it's like yeah. a, the least healthy place you could ever go <laughs> besides maybe an airport. Uh, what about flea and tick collars? I was so grateful to hear that you still have your beautiful um, yeah. dog Chaga, Chaga yeah. that I met when we recorded at your place in Malibu. I'm always trying to find natural alternatives for our pets, and it's it's uh it's been a little challenging to be honest, especially when the fleas hit here in Texas. I mean, right. we've had to just get her the shot, and it kills me. But I yeah. just it'll infect the whole house, and the cat gets it. It's a shit show. Fleas are tough, brutal. I, yeah, I've, uh, fleas. When I got Ella, the black German Shepherd, she brought them in. Oh my God, it is really challenging to deal with that, and it's hard. And you know. Again, knowledge is power. When I looked at some of the edibles, the neurological damage that that can cause, all for the inconvenience. It's massively inconvenient for that time, but the broad spectrum of that time, we can get rid of the fleas. Ticks are less. Like uh, I definitely pull ticks off my dogs. Um, I am choosing not to use any medications. I use essential oils. Um, peppermint is great. Uh, tea tree is fantastic for healing and extraction. Very easy to just take a little cloth and find the tick and douse him, and then he'll just go, "Holy shit!" And he'll let go. Really easy. Oh, cool. Easy, easy. Because I'm always afraid to pull the head off and leave yeah. the head embedded, whether yeah, yeah. they're in me that, or like. And that happens. A couple All years the- ago, our dog had a bunch of them in Yosemite, and I was like, "Oh God, please let me like use these tweezers right," you know. Totally, and you have to get if you do have just tweezers and you don't have the essential oil, you have to get very close, and then ideally get as much close and slowly pull and twist, but easy, easy is tea tree just wet it around that and then just hold on to him and then eventually he'll get the whiff and the toxic exposure to him and he'll let go and then the second phase of that the tea tree will help heal the wound right right Right. yeah so i'm imagining like you know these uh, flea collars that people put on their cats and dogs i mean that's got to be just neurologically toxic get in their skin and you and when you touch them or they're on your bed or your and your children and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, <laughs> like I said, I feel so bad. Anytime we have to do anything medical with the vet, with our pets, it just bums me out. But yeah, sometimes you, I just you, like, you get gotta to, weigh it out for yourself. Sometimes I just get to a point where it's like, I've tried all the natural shit and nothing's working. Yeah. I just got to, you know, bite yeah. the bullet. Yeah. Uh, what about mammograms? Yeah. Mammograms are interesting. And this was, it's quite volatile conversation too especially if you're a male trying to you know yeah tell women like, what to do or not do so again i'm not you know, i get all i'm doing is looking at the research and so um you are you're trying to be preventive and i understand that um and it, it seems as though that the research is showing that um there's a lot of false positives and so if you look at the false positives i think it's upward to over 50 percent false positive. So imagine you're a woman trying to prevent, oh, sorry, we, we, found a, we found a mark. And now there's fear. 
right? So we found a mark, it might be cancerous, blah, 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 da, da, da. So now you have weeks before you're testing, you have all of this stuff. Therein lies a, a challenge already, but, but also it's, it's more non-ionizing radiation. So now you're exposing the breast tissue directly to more radiation, which doesn't serve it well anyway to then get what? There's very little preventative. Uh, yes, there's times where, where women see something and they prevent further breast cancer. So I'm not saying that. You got to choose for yourself. But there's other alternatives. There's UV alternative, ultraviolet. Like there's a bunch of good procedures that are also preventative that are not exposing you to dangerous radiations. Yeah, I... I get concerned when I hear women like, oh, I'm off for my annual. I'm like, ah, oh, there's got to be something better out there by now. Yeah, you know? totally. I mean, I've heard some, I don't know if it's doulas or people in my sphere have been like, oh, you can just manually inspect the breast if you know what to look for. Totally. And you don't need any machine. You just need a human that has good hands. Exactly. Um, what about, uh, oh, something that you've uh, ragged on a little bit is sparkling water. Yeah, I was like, "Why?" And I didn't, you know, I didn't go into it, but I just saw right, it kind right. of on your list of potential bummers. What's what's up with sparkling water? Yeah, it's the it's, it's the carbonization that can potentially really, yeah, that can potentially cause some dis, uh, dysbiosis of the gut. And again, this is a delicate. People just get freaked out over this stuff. Some people take this on as their primary source of potential hydration. And that's not a good idea. So the, the acidic component can throw off the digestion. And so that amount of carbon always being used is potentially can throw off. And, and once you throw off digestive, uh, not only, not, not so much the bacteria, but the, 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 the acids, then your, your downstream effect on digestion can be harmful and there a lot of bloating can happen and people just seem to get used to it but again don't use i guess the takeaway is don't use that as your primary uh hydrative source if you drink it every once in a while enjoy it and, and it makes sense don't, don't because in it. nature you do have uh, a few springs around on the planet that are naturally carbonated right so like as we've evolved there would have been times for certain populations of people every once in a while that would have had carbonated water out of a spring but they're not very prevalent so it's not something that we would have subsisted on on a regular basis exactly. yeah, yeah that makes sense to me uh what about fireworks? <laughs> fireworks like i said some of these i never thought about and then i you know i've seen you talk about it, i go shit that smoke has got to be toxic if you're out there on fourth of july with your family and everyone's breathing all that that's the thing that came to mind to me yeah, yeah. also environmentally horrible well that's the primary thing but and and the the amount of dogs that die and go missing i forget the exact stat is so alarming that we are putting pollution in the air uh raining back down on us littering throughout the our our certainly in the united states but you have disneyland blowing this stuff up every every freaking night um uh it just you know i'm you know it's not to say don't celebrate being a great american but can we 
Can we not harm? <laughs> Light a beeswax candle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like... Uh, Gather around a campfire or something. Make some music. Like, right. celebrate. Like, sing. Like, right. grab a guitar. Like, right. let's celebrate. Yeah. If but, you hit a snare drum hard enough, it'll, it'll sound like a firework. Exactly. Uh, and then what about um, Botox? Oh, botulism in your face? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, you know, clearly a lot of people do it. Um, and, you know, if you're doing it, do it light. But the, the paralysis numbers are climbing because people are getting more. So permanent paralysis. Um, and if you have someone that doesn't do it right. Um, so just to be clear, it is botulism that they're putting in your face that kills the signaling and the muscle's ability to, to be used. So it is a neurotoxin. It is toxic. And some people say, okay, well, it's just a small amount. Yeah, potentially. But no part of me can understand how putting botulism in, in your face over time is a, is a good idea. Plus, once you go there, it's kind of impossible to, to stop. I wonder what the implications are neurotransmitter-wise from having an expressionless face, right? Because so much, so much of our really? mood and our emotions are processed through the micro-expressions. That's one of the reasons I can't stand doing remote recordings of the podcast because it's like like when you're sitting here yeah. I, I mean i know when to shut up sometimes <laughs> know when to jump in you know it's like there's right. subtle cues of For energy sure. and mood and so much of that has to do with the subconscious mm -hmm. perception of someone's face totally. right yeah so if your face isn't moving at all i mean subjectively as the one with the frozen face it seems like that would be potentially limiting to your expression and your your relationship with yourself and how you feel. Yeah, and I totally understand people in the public eye and women have so much more intensity around this stuff. Uh, but, you know, limit yourself around it. And it goes back to like, you know, take care of yourself, do the basics as well. Sleep, hydrate your skin, high, high amount of vitamin C, builds collagen like you know these kinds of things yeah. are are the cornerstone and then there's red light therapy red light therapy skin yeah incredible and i think age as i age um it's obvious why i'm adopting this point of view but age is beautiful yeah. <laughs> you know? so i remind myself sometimes i see a photo of myself and i'm like oh shit you're yeah. an old guy now it snuck up on me uh -huh. but man along with that age comes life experience and totally Hopefully a little wisdom. But then watching the mind going to, am I old? Yeah, the body. Like I pulled my freaking calf this morning running around. But the irony is I was bouncing on the road and I was remembering when I was like 20. And I was feeling that. And then all of a sudden, ding. Like, yeah, and your body's like, and we're not 20. <laughs> Easy, Mr. Playful. All right, last one. And there's, I could go on and on, but uh, tampons. I'm trying to think of like what's the most useful to people, and this shows probably half female listeners, if I could guess. Yeah, there's you know there's rayon in in tampons, which is a chemically derived material for absorbency, which is scary. There's potential huge amounts of dioxins that come by way of creating some of these absorbencies. So these are things that not found on the label. There's a thing called and and 
all of the tampons are not natural. So it's, again, it's the, this petroleum-created thing. And, and literal, uh, seeing studies showing to uh, endometriosis, because you're, you're putting something in the vaginal canal that is highly absorbent, right? Transdermally so. So now your ability to receive more of the endocrine disruptors, more of the probable and likely carcinogens that these things are made from, now you're receiving that in the most delicate areas and the softest and the thinnest skin. Totally. I mean, think about like uh, when people do enemas. Yeah, because that's where you absorb medication exactly. or suppositories and things exactly. like that. The mucous membrane or putting something sublingually, you know, exactly. under your tongue. Exactly. So toxic shock is a thing, and women can die. And also, I didn't realize there's a huge amount of women that forget to take these out on a regular basis. And you know, there's there's uh, cups and diva cups, and there's other alternatives. Um, that you can use instead of putting toxic substances. Well said, sir. Tell me what's up. Uh, what's the latest on the Baruka nuts? I was I was oh. secretly hoping when you guys walked oh, in, you have some. Oh my god! I, I ran out probably a year ago or something. I just forgot to re up. But you know, the, the thing is, I had a bag. They're so I had good. a bag for you, except I didn't realize that this one was running over. So we had to come directly here. Oh, and you didn't go back to your hotel. No, well, tell tell us what they I'm are. sending you. By the way. After this, the whole Baruka's team. I'm sending yes. you a whole package. I love those freaking things, and the, I have, I have. I, it was hard for me to eat them before because I had really bad teeth, but I got all new teeth, and now amazing. I can, I can eat anything. Yeah, with nice. impunity, so Crunch, I could crush those things because they I, used to kind of get caught in my teeth because my teeth were all jagged and broken and in a sad. Well, Baruka's is live and well. It almost went away. Oh, really? I quit the business for two weeks because. We had internal challenges and and dysbiosis. <laughs> uh, and I got a new partner who we ended up buying the people out that wanted to leave. Um, and it was a peaceful departure. And um, so an amazing guy, Steve Fabos, that I've known for... He created the first vegan bakery in California. Oh, okay. Uh, he's 70 years old or so. And he's an amazing human. I've known him for a long time. So we are now getting geared up in a big way to kind of have a relaunch party. Amazing. So I'm happy that since 2015, uh, I've been working at this. Uh, I've never made a dollar yet. Are you from, serious? Never, not once. Because, oh, dude, when, when <laughs> I first got them from you, which I think was you know uh, shortly after you had launched them, I remember thinking, this guy just struck gold. He is going to be loaded because they're so good and they're so, so healthy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not blowing smoke. Like it is the best tasting nut on the planet, hands down to me. Thank you. They're and so, the most nutrient dense nut. Are so, they really? Yeah. So we've tested all that. The most fiber of any nut, the most micronutrients of any nut, complete amino acid profile, wow. um, three times more antioxidants. And keep in mind, dude, it's a wild food. Right. So it's not cultivated. There's no chemicals. There's no artificial watering. And it's not hybridized and, no. you know, like de, uh, devoid of nutrients exactly. like so much of our food is now. And it's supporting the biome, the Sahadu, the savanna of Brazil, and it's supporting those people. And we 
care, as you know, superfood hunting. I care a lot about the people in the land, and this is a, a direct contribution to them. Uh, and uh, so we are proudly getting ready to blow it up, and we have Brad. chocolate covered now. Oh, nice! Really good cacao. We've got butter I'm getting that will hu- change your life. <laughs> I'm getting hungry now. Your, the butter's going to change your life. Oh, dude. You have to be ready. Are I'm you ready, ready for I'm life? ready right now. <laughs> I didn't, all I had today was one of my ketone IQ drinks. That oh, was wow. my, all I've eaten, which is fine. But then I start talking about food and I get hungry. Uh, I'm going to highly encourage you guys, go check out these Baruka nuts. You can find them at barukas.com slash Luke. Uh, B-A-R-U-K-A-S, barukas.com slash Luke. And we'll put all that in the show notes at lukestory.com slash Darren. And uh, in the notes, there'll probably be some kind of discount code for you guys too. Oh, I have one final question. Who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced your life, your philosophy, the way you do do your thing? Holy shit. Dad, for sure. He continues to teach. Um. Uh, Wallace Black Elk was a from the lineage of Black Elk speaks. Uh, he's eighty years old, taught wisdom in the in the uh, fire ceremonies in Colorado. Uh, Life changing moments, and I have to say, the mother of ayahuasca. You know, I don't use her anymore. I don't you finally have, listened. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't used her since I since twenty three years ago. So, um, did you go back after the medicine told you you're yes. done? Don't okay. I did, and yeah. uh, it was short lived and hell to pay. Yeah, I've I've heard that, and I wouldn't recommend One it. One of my greatest fears is to not be mindful in venturing into medicines and psychedelics, man. Because if if it goes wrong, it's it could dangerous. go real wrong. It's dangerous and it's real. Yeah. So you got to listen carefully. Yeah. You can't listen from a. It's a in vogue thing to do that's not the yeah that's not the but that's interesting that all those years ago that still had had that much of an impact on you yeah i mean if you because what she said rings true to this day it's right here so my practice is this first lesson that she gave me is listen to myself create that connection of the infinite and god with myself every day and to the best of my ability, listen to that, follow that. And when I fail, get back up and go, oh yeah, I didn't listen. You're still integrating that experience all these years later. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with those, sometimes you're one and done, right? If you just listen, it does give you a lifetime of practice, can, you know? So that's cool, man. I didn't, I didn't know that about you. I think because when we had met before, yeah, you know what? When we met before, I hadn't intentionally worked with any medicines. Um, you know, in my youth, I was an idiot and did all kinds of dangerous, crazy things with psychedelics. But um, at that point, like that world was totally off limits to me. So it's probably why it never came up. Right. And it's something I don't, it was so long ago. Yeah. And because of I see what's going on in the ayahuasca and the plant, I just don't resonate with how it's being used. So. Yeah, I get it. 
Burning Man just just ended, you know, that looked like God bless. I mean, I have so many friends that were there. It's never been my calling, but yeah, there there were so many people kind of ragging on that culture, you know, and their their use of uh of medicines and drugs and stuff. It was kind of funny. All right, dude, we did it. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll turn these mics around and record your podcast. Oh, and by the way, uh, tell people real quick about your show and we'll put that in the show notes too. But... I can't really tell all the secrets of the new show or the... No, the, the podcast. Oh, the, yeah. yeah, the Darren yeah. Lean show. Like, um, yeah, man, I get to explore new people and things and I'm like taking some shifts right now to kind of dig into solutions kind of off of the things that I'm most excited about with with energy tech and food sovereignty and, and healthy living and healthy home and all of that stuff and uh, just highlighting some of the great people in my life. So awesome. We're continuing to dive in and explore. It's fun, huh? Yeah. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. It's rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, cool, man. We'll make sure to put that in the notes and send everyone over to listen to your podcast as well. And uh, it's been great chatting with you, man. Thank you. Thanks, my man. All right. Cool.